Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We're in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 131 of the show, and we want to give a great big hug and squeeze to all of our super awesome listener supporters. As I mentioned last week, right now we have been showing the love to our supporters through a series of daily notes from me that we're calling the 21 Days of Awesome Affirmations. I created these daily affirmations for our supporters because we are right at the beginning of the year of the awesome, and I know that we need to feel awesome about ourselves before we can go out and be awesome to the world around us. And we are hearing such a great response from our listener supporters on these affirmations that they're really making a difference in our day-to-day lives. So to get access to all 21 days of the awesome affirmations, as well as all of the episodes that we have ever created exclusively for our supporters, go over to sortaawesomeshow.com slash support, and you'll find all of the details that you need to get signed up. That's sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. This is episode 131 of Sorta Awesome, and I am so excited that in just a few moments, I'm going to get to introduce you all to author and speaker and all-around awesome woman, Mary Shores. Mary and I got to sit down and visit and talk all about the importance of communicating consciously with ourselves and how that impacts the path we take in life. We're going to talk about what it means to cleanse or clog our lives and what neuroscience has to say about self-talk. We're going to get to all of that in just a minute, but right now... I have here with me my very dear and very lovely friend, Kelly Gordon, so that we can start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week, the moment in the show where we talk about books or movies or podcasts, whatever it is that is making our lives a little bit more awesome this week. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Meg. Hey, Awesomes. I can't wait to hear what you have for Awesome of the Week this week. Okay, Awesomes, hang on, because what I have for you is a binge-worthy podcast. In fact, the final and eighth episode just came out this week. So if you are hearing my words and you want to listen to this podcast and then flip over, you could binge all eight episodes in one day, which would be close to what I have done. I just (laughs) discovered this podcast recently, um, and so I have really gotten into it. I've been listening to it basically all in a week. It is called Slow Burn. Mm. It is a podcast put together by Slate. And in fact, it also has extra episodes for Slate Plus members and subscribers. I am not that. So I have just listened to the basic eight episodes. It is a podcast about Watergate. (gasps) Interesting. Yes. So, but here's the the premise of it. If you're thinking, well, I, you know, studied that in 10th grade in social studies, I'm good. First of all, if you're not a history nut, the reason that they're doing this now, it really is kind of a deep dive into the characters, the circumstances, the small stories around Watergate. But the reason they're doing it is saying, you know, the people who lived through Watergate, it was a 26-month ordeal from when there were people that were caught burglarizing the Democratic National Headquarters to when President Nixon actually resigned. It was 26 months. 
which yeah. in a history book takes one sentence to say. Right. But in the real world, how did that feel? You know, people going through it, whether it was just your common person or someone deeply involved, had no idea what was going to happen from one day to the next, nor how it would end. And I think that in our country today, a lot of us feel like there's just a lot going on. It feels very unfamiliar, very precarious, almost like I don't know what's happening. Everything feels whiplashy. And so here's a podcast that can take history, which doing what it does best, it informs us Mm. and says, hey, look, this has happened before in our country in a way where people have said, whoa, what is going on? This just feels like it's being ripped out of a novel. I I, I don't even, whoa, it's so much. So they're going to take us back in history and say, hey, let's look into what it felt like to be in that day and age. Right. And it is so interesting. You know, of course, I'm a news person, so history is super interesting to me, but I don't think you have to be that to find this series very compelling because it's just very interesting, crazy pants sorts of stories, like things that you're like, I never heard that in history class. Right. Did you know one of the wives of somebody that was involved because they were afraid she knew too much? Literally, the government kidnapped her. FBI agents came to her hotel to keep her from talking to reporters. They what? ended up, she tried to escape once out her window, out of the hotel, to go call a reporter, and they drugged her for like two or three days. Like, they kept her captive in this room. That's the, actually the first episode. So if you're going, what? You can go listen to it. But all of these bit stories that, of course, you didn't get into. In history class. Yeah. And you get both their perspective then because they go heavy into archive tapes. You know, they can pull up actual news stories, actual Senate hearings, things that were said. And then they can talk to those people if they're still alive and willing to talk today. Um, they even have one whole episode about how this was really the time in America that birthed conspiracy theories. Ah, yeah. It was right after JFK. And and then this happened because JFK, people said, oh, no, I think that there was a conspiracy. And everybody said, no, no, the government's not like that. And then with Watergate, everybody said, oh, my word. The, the government, government is like that. Totally like that. <laughs> the government is manipulating everything. And, you know, so and that that opened the floodgates, quite honestly. Yeah. And so that's where we are today still. So you can, as with all things, you can trace where we are today back into history. So slow burn Eight episodes. Each one is a little bit less than an hour. Um, done by Slate. Really well done. High production value. Fun to listen to. And you'll probably be that person then at your next dinner party going, this reminds me of Watergate. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> Maybe you never thought you'd be that person. But because of Slow Burn, you can be that person. You can be that person. <laughs> and everyone will benefit from your wisdom. Oh my goodness, I love that. I have I've heard a little buzz about it and I now I'm going to go totally check it out for sure. Okay, well, my awesome of the week is also podcast related. However, if you if you don't have time for a full binge of eight episodes, I've got a little slice of delightful that you're going to love. It is. My awesome of the week is the Switched on Pop episode about Despacito. Despacito. Are we going to sing? sing? I'm going to let you hear. The Austin's are like, please don't. I'm good. Thank you. So I have talked about Switched on Pop before on Sort of Awesome. It is a fantastic podcast hosted by Nate Sloan and Charlie Harding. Nate Sloan is a musicologist. Charlie Harding is a uh, music writer, songwriter. And so what they do on their podcast is they take pop music and they break it down 
into the science of music, into the form of music. What is it about this pop song that is so awesome that makes it climb the charts and everybody's singing it? They explain music to you. They explain to you why you like what you like, especially if you like pop music, which I do. So I, you know, Kelly, you and I were just talking before we started recording that there are so many great things to listen to in the podcast world these days. So many, you guys. And so Switched On Pop had kind of fallen off my radar for a little bit as it got replaced by, you know, who knows what else, all kinds of other things that have been great. I had kind of forgotten about it, except the other day I was out for a walk and I was like, you know what I haven't listened to in a long time? Switched On Pop. So I went, looked in their archives, was just kind of scrolling through, and I saw they had an episode from last August on Despacito. Now, This is particularly timely because we just had the Grammys and there are dozens of think pieces and articles on how Despacito was robbed at the Grammys this year, that it was like the biggest song in the world, literally in 2017. A couple of record-breaking things for Despacito, which was uh, originally performed by Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee, um, complete Spanish language. The story that uh, Charlie and Nate tell on Switched on Pop is that Justin Bieber was at a club doing what Justin Bieber does. <laughs> Heard this song and thought, I, I want I want to I want to be a part of this. I want to engage with this. So he came in and did a uh, remix with them. And of course, when Justin Bieber puts his right. touch on something, it soars to the top of the charts. But it is the first Spanish language song to be number one in the U.S. since the Macarena. Wow, which that was and that's kind of old now. Doesn't yeah, that feel like it should be, but it that is. was when I was in college. So yeah. yes, we can affirm that that is old. <laughs> and when it became when it hit its sixteenth week at number one on the top one hundred, it tied, and I think it even went on to to um, smash the record set by Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men's "One Sweet Day" song, which had previously held that record for for years and years and years. Um, it also crunched crashed, destroyed the world record of the most streams of a song since streaming became a thing. Um, It was streamed like billions of times. So it was clearly the song of the summer. When I went at the end of 2017 to my Spotify, Spotify will give you at the end of the year, a playlist that's your most listened to songs for the year can be very helpful, very instructive about how you spent your time (laughs) in 2017. (laughs) You don't want to know this. (laughs) Just give me the best song, Spotify. Don't tell me. So, yeah, exactly. I opened up my own most listened to 2017 playlist. Right at the top was Despacito. I'm, I don't know. Sorry, not sorry. We listened to it a lot because everyone in my family liked it. Even Kyle kind of got into it. It's a very fun song that you just want to keep listening to. So, there it was at the top of my Spotify songs for 2017. So, even though it was, I had overplayed it for myself a little bit, I still wanted to hear Nate and Charlie's take on it. Oh my word, you guys, this episode is so good. They break down all of the elements of the song. They start with talking about how it has this foundation as being a Latin love song. Luis Fonsi, if you're not familiar with him, has a long career in Latin music, very well known for being sort of a, a like a love song crooner kind of guy. Um, and then they bring in the reggaeton element, which that's the daddy Yankee addition to the song, reggaeton being a, a Latin take on um, uh, rap and sort of hip hop um, style of music. And then they bring in the Justin Bieber element, the the sort of current pop music trend. And w- why bringing all of these elements together works so much 
And then Kelly, the best part, I loved this as it as they get towards the end of the episode, they always do this with songs, they will actually get out a keyboard and kind of break down and, and play like, okay, so here we have this progression from this note to this note. So they I mean, they get in the weeds. They get in the weeds of music composition and why certain sounds work together. So they even talk about how the chord progression in the chorus and post-chorus in Despacito really echoes the sexiness of the very spicy lyrics of Despacito. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. And it really explains like why this song is so listenable. Is that a thing? Yeah. It's very no, listenable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, I think that a lot of people are tempted to be like, oh, pop music. Right. It's just bubblegum. They just right. throw like the same word in there seven times, the same three chords, and boom, it works for the basses. So this is really demystifying that process and saying, you have no idea. You have <laughs> the no thought. idea. Yeah. And I mean, yes. there, there's a lot of science kind of that mm-hmm. goes into making that catch in your brain and why you want yes. to listen to it again. That sounds fascinating. It's so good. I even had Daisy listen to it. So Daisy's our musician. She's also very into composing. So we listened to it together. And she also was just a little dumbfounded, like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. The the way the song is constructed, you're like, of course it was the number one song across the planet last year. So it's the Switched On Pop episode of Despacito. I'll drop a a link into the show notes also to Kelly's very bingeable podcast, Slow Burn, so that you guys can go find those things. So those are our Awesomes of the Week this week. Don't forget that every Friday over in our Sort of Awesome Hangout group, we open up the floor for you all to share your Awesomes of the Week. If you haven't already joined our community of Awesome over there on Facebook, you can do that by going to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash groups slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. Awesomes, our family did a Whole Foods reset in the month of January, and it is one of the best things we've done in a long time. It makes my mama heart so happy that we've tossed the processed foods and are nourishing ourselves with such great whole foods. But anyone who has focused on whole foods for every single meal for a family knows that it's a lot of planning and cooking and cleaning up. That's a huge reason why I'm so excited that support for this episode of Sorta Awesome is brought to you by Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest sends nutrient-rich superfoods straight to your door, and they make it super easy to prepare smoothies or breakfast bowls for anyone in the family in just 30 seconds. Daily Harvest is very serious about freezing all of their ingredients at peak freshness. It seals in all of that delicious nutritional value, and their produce is organic and unrefined. It's definitely not what you're going to find at your local grocery store. To see for yourself why everyone is loving Daily Harvest, go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code AWESOME to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code AWESOME for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Daily-harvest.com. Thank you, Daily Harvest. Well, happy February, friends. I am so excited about this week's episode because we are moving forward with our discussion of how the Awesome Manifesto applies to real life. So remember back all of January, we focused on the first section of the manifesto that inspires us to treat ourselves really well. 
Well, throughout the month of February, we are going to focus on the second part of the manifesto. Now, just as a reminder, in case you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, you can just go to SortaAwesomeShow.com. It's right there on the front page for you. So the second part of the manifesto says, we believe that everyone has an inner sparkle and that uncovering it within ourselves helps us become the kind of people who help others shine. I'm going to say that one more time. We believe that everyone has an inner sparkle and that uncovering it within ourselves helps us become the kind of people who help others shine. So the way we are applying that to real life, to the daily life of the awesomes here in this, the year of the awesome 2018, is by thinking about how knowing ourselves better helps us better understand and better relate to those around us. So all month, we're going to really focus on the importance of understanding ourselves and how that helps us understand others and how that can't help but to bring more awesome into our own lives and to the world around us. You guys, I'm so excited about this month. So as you listen to our guest, Mary Shores today, pay especially close attention to what she has to say about the importance of the choices we make that either bring cleansing to our lives and our hopes and dreams and goals, or how we can sometimes clog our own path through life. I think her concept of conscious communication is so important because before we can better understand and better communicate and better relate to the people around us, we really have to stop and think about how we are thinking. The interview has some great wisdom, and I think you'll find Mary's story to be very inspiring. So let's get right to it. I am so excited to introduce to you today, Mary Shores. Mary spends her career as an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and she is all about generating positive and pragmatic solutions for people who are freaking out, which basically might be all of us. <laughs> what I think you're really going to love about Mary is that she blends together her personal experience with her extensive knowledge of neuroscience and human behavior to guide both businesses and individuals to overcome that freak out and to create their ideal life. I love that Mary's focus is a lot on communications, which is a totally what we're talking about on Sorta Awesome in the month of February. Mary, welcome to Sorta Awesome. So glad to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here and it's so nice to meet you. You as well. I'm so thankful that you were able to take the time to come and share some of this wisdom with us today. So for those of us who are not familiar maybe with your backstory, with your work, let's kind of start at the beginning a little bit. I would love to hear your backstory, kind of help us to understand the perspectives that you have right now and some of the key points in life that have brought you to where you are today and how you started doing the work that you do today. Sure. Well, I have a super unique story. People seem to be fascinated that I am a completely self-made rags to riches type of person in that I was on my own at 16 years old and I had a child very young at 19 who suffered a brain injury at birth and this left her completely profoundly brain damaged and which meant that I spent the next year and a half of my life 
living in and out of children's hospitals. And this was not just a little bit of damage. This was a complete five minutes lack of oxygen to the brain where she was left in a vegetative state, unable to suck a bottle on full life support. So we're talking the whole thing. And going through something like that at a very young age put me in a perspective of just, you know, panic. And she did pass away, which is hard to hear, but it did set me on this course of being obsessed about the brain. And so even back in 1992, 1993, I was hanging out at the library. I actually worked at the library at the community college that I went to. And I was, um, yeah, learning about the brain, learning, wanting to understand the power of the brain. And then I recovered from this and started my own business at 24 years old in a very male dominated industry. And so people are also sort of fascinated. It's like, well, how did you go from this huge obstacle in your life and turn around and start a business, which eventually became extremely successful? So I've got, you know, like my motherhood journey, I've got my entrepreneurial journey. And then from there, I, for about 10 years, just became obsessed with the idea of writing a book. And I would literally go around and say to anyone who would listen that I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. And so the thing is that words are like a mirror to our subconscious programming. And when you hear me say the words, I want to write a book, it's almost like you can see that written on my soul, like a purpose that I have this, you know, I came into this life wanting to write this book or needing to write it. But the words, I'm not a writer, were out of alignment with my dream of writing the book. And the words, I'm not a writer, are also a mirror. And they're revealing to me that somewhere in my past, I've developed a belief system that I didn't really believe that I was capable of writing a book. So, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, maybe my second grade teacher told me I... Sure. Yeah. So the thing is, I had to, in order to get over this, and it's not just about writing a book, but how often as women do we say, I want to start this business, but I don't have the money or the credit score or the support or the education, or I want to lose weight, but I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm confused by all these diet plans. You know, we always say the thing that we want and cancel it out with the reason that we can't have it. But if we take a moment to look at these words, you know, it's going to teach us something. And I promise you that the way to always move past this, what I now call barrier beliefs, is to learn how to invest in yourself. That is amazing. Yeah, I can see how that must have been a huge turning point as you came to realize I'm saying these things about myself. You know, these words are coming out of my mouth that obviously reveal what I believe to be true about myself, but they're not matching up with what I want to do. That's a pretty big revelation. So you're saying that you kind of came to that over time or did you have like a big revelation, like an aha moment? Or tell us about the process of when you realize like what I am saying isn't matching up with what I believe I was meant to do. I think that the epiphany that you're looking for was not even about the words, but it was in the moment. You know, as I mentioned, I had to invest in myself and I ended up going to a writer's workshop at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. And even when I was introducing myself, you know, I demoralized myself in my introduction. I was saying, you know, hi, you know, because we did the icebreaker thing and everyone went around and it was very intimidating because the other women, 
in this class were a lot of them were already published authors. They were screenwriters. They were bloggers. And here I was and I introduced myself in this disempowerment of, hi, my name is Mary Shores. I'm not a writer. I'm a CEO. I don't even know what I'm doing here. I don't even read, you know, like I just put it out there. Right. But by the end of that week for that workshop, I ended up writing a piece. It was a short story and it was about my daughter who passed away in 1993. It was about my son who's on the autism spectrum and then the lonely, lonely world of raising a child on the spectrum who you just don't have a rule book of how to do this with this kind of child. You know, they don't fit my ideal expectation of what my child was going to be like, you know, like on Little League and get good grades and you know, be easy and well behaved. Right. <laughs> and also my roller coaster life as an entrepreneur. And so what helped was when I had the evidence that I needed. So for example, when I read that piece aloud to the group, they didn't make fun of me. They didn't criticize me. They didn't come to me and tell me, Mary, you should not be writing. In fact, it was just the opposite. They wanted me to be on their podcast. They wanted to use my article for their blogs. They wanted to put it in their anthology books. It was quite the opposite response that I expected. So, you know, the thing is, like part of this thing about alignment is it's more than just our thoughts, our words. There's this piece of it that it's our beliefs and it's our worthiness. And in getting all of these intricate pieces plugged into alignment with our goals, so words is one thing and it's not the only thing. So yes, it was probably like I had to see it for myself to change the belief, which then changed the words, which just then changed the thoughts, which just then changed the behavior patterns, which then changed, guess what? The result, because guess who is a best-selling author? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is fantastic. I love that. And I think that that really echoes just such a universal truth is that you are what you do. And so for you in the writing, it was like sitting down and actually putting words to paper. And then before you know it, you're a writer. And then that takes you on the journey to becoming the best-selling author. And it, that can apply in so many different ways that we are what we do. It's more, you got to take it out of the words realm and, and bring it into action. I know one of the key things that is part of your message as you help coach people and help them to see how this plays out in life is your approach that's cleanse and clog. And I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about cleanse clog, what it is and how this fits into the sort of bigger picture of how we speak to ourselves and how that ultimately changes kind of the shape of what our life looks like. Sure. Well, I am a complete, what I would call a personal development junkie. Uh -huh. Lots and of us are, definitely. <laughs> so whether your words are personal development, personal growth, self-help, spiritual path, I mean, whatever those are, it's really you're trying to tap into being the greatest version of yourself that you can be. And that is true for me. I also, I have this need in my life to keep things simple because complexity is for me the first step to procrastination. And so the more I can keep things simple, the more likely I am to actually pursue them and create a daily practice around them. So I created this concept of cleanser clog and it actually just sort of naturally came out of me. And what it means, the best way for me to explain it is using an example, because what I'm going to talk about is that everything we do, everything we say, every word that comes out of our mouth, every action we make, every choice in every thin sliced moment of life, is actually cleansing us or clogging us. 
And so with our relationships with our significant other, just imagine just for a moment that everything you do, everything you say, every word that comes out of your mouth, every choice in every second is either cleansing that relationship or clogging. Because what I'm really saying is that everything is either creating a deeper connection or it's driving a disconnection. So, and this is true, not only in our relationships, but in every area of life. So as we're looking at that wheel of life and all the categories that are in it, you can say to yourself, you know, how am I cleanser clogging my finances? You know, what are my choices, my actions, my words doing and making an impact into creating a deeper connection to my financial goals, or are they driving me away from my financial goals? How am I cleansing or clogging my body? So I have women all over the world, actually, that are telling me that they are making their choices through the lens of cleanse or clog. It's just a two-second check-in, a two-second check-in to say, will this cleanse me or clog me? That is pretty brilliant because like you said, sometimes complexity can make us our own worst enemy. If we have, you know, like this five point process we have to go through for decisions and it could be a small one, but I think cleanser clog actually can really help you make some big decisions too, in terms of all of us have choices every day. Are we going to say yes to this? If I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Applying that concept, does this cleanser clog, does this fit in with what my mission for today is? Even pulling back, does this fit in with what my mission for this whole entire year is? What am I doing with my life? And is this choice going to be a cleansing one or a clogging one? That's really a pretty brilliant and simple way of being able to plug in, listen to your intuition, think about what you know that you're headed towards and be able to be like, okay, if it clogs, it's got to (laughs) go. And to understand that you make your own rules surrounding cleanser clog. So like, for example, if we were talking about a financial cleanser clog, you know, maybe there's this new outfit that you want and the outfit is going to set you back in your budget. But if the outfit is going to boost your confidence for some sort of say, I don't know, networking event or business function or whatever, you know, even just a cocktail party, if it's going to boost your confidence and pump endorphins and good feeling happiness hits of dopamine and serotonin into your body, then it's a total cleanse. So when you are creating your menu of cleanser clog, you know, there's more things just to consider than one thing. I just want to throw that out there because it's not about being in judgment of your choices so much as it's always making choices that are going to connect you to your greater sense of your dreams and desires. That makes so much sense. And I think that's a great clarification to add that, yeah, sometimes you got to kind of look at what the deeper thing is that's going on. One thing I am so excited to hear more from you about is what you discovered, what you learned about in the realm of neuroscience, the nervous system, how our brains work. And I think it is so powerful, truly, that the instigator for you doing all of this research and discovering what you have about our nervous systems, our brains, how neuroscience fits into all of this. It started because of your daughter's point of pain for you. Your daughter's profound difficulty in brain challenges set you on the path for discovering more. So I would love to hear you mention in the time following her passing that you discovered a lot more about how our brains work. So I would love to hear what you did discover and how this fits into the bigger part of your message and your mission. 
Sure. So there's so many intricate things that are woven into each other, but what I'm really highlighting in the book, actually in chapter three of the book is I think that we're taught and we are in the middle of this positive psychology movement. And, you know, I love it that we're focused on positivity. There's another side of it though, that we're expected to be positive when it's really not appropriate because we need to know how to process our emotions when the hits the fan. So we're super hyper-focused on, you have to feel good. You have to be thinking happy thoughts. And basically there's this element of what I'm calling spiritual bullying that I'm noticing a trend of, which is where if something bad or negative happened in your life, it must be because you had a quote unquote bad vibe. And that's just so not reality. Right. Okay. Because I did not cause my daughter's thing that happened to her. I did not cause my son to be on the autism spectrum. And, you know, carrying those kind of beliefs around is just really going to contribute to our epidemic of shame and unworthiness. Absolutely. Okay. So when I'm talking about the nervous system, it's from the aspect of, we are taught that the most important thing is that we feel good because the way we feel is the most powerful part of the manifestation process. So the way we feel is actually our point of manifestation. And we all know that when we feel good, we create better. When we feel good, our projects turn out better. When we feel good, there's more green lights. And we may not know why, but What we don't understand is that feeling good or feeling bad is controlled by the chemicals that are flowing through your body, okay? So happiness is a certain ratio of serotonin, dopamine, vasopressin, and stress, on the other hand, is another chemical concoction of aldosterone, cortisol, adrenaline, you know, in all of these different mixtures. And so (laughs) I love my subchapter title in the book. I call it 50 shades of chocolate cake or 50 shades (laughs) of chemical recipe or something. Because like, if you think about the recipe of how you would create a chocolate cake, right? The cake is going to come out different if it's a red velvet cake versus if it's German chocolate, you're using the same ingredients, but they're sort of measured slightly differently, right? To create the different cake. Well, that's the same way with our hormones. It's the same way when you get an assault in our society that we live in right now, we are overstimulated in ways that we've never seen before. We have constant notifications going off. I mean, even right now, and I I hate to admit this, but like I'm thinking about, I'm talking to you and I'm doing this interview, but in the back of my mind somewhere, it's like, where's my phone? Right. Because, oh my gosh, if my phone's more than 15 feet away from me, there's this freak out moment, right? Yes. And so- it's the constant notifications. It's the constant bombardment of overstimulation in our environments right now that is actually overloading our nervous systems and causing us to have systems crashes like meltdowns, Mm -hmm. you know? So the more that we can get in touch with our nervous system and do things to create a healthy environment in our nervous system, the more we will feel good. So instead of bullying yourself or shaming yourself or judging yourself for not feeling good, understand when you don't feel good, to choose an activity that will help you feel good. Right. So if you're needing it, it's kind of like learning how to pay attention to the cues of your body. Absolutely. Yes. And moving in the direction of what's going to make you feel better. So if you're angry or frustrated, it's like, 
what can you look forward to that will take you out of that frustration? Is it a bubble bath? Do you need to get a massage? Do you need to go to the nail shop, turn your phone off and get a mani-pedi? Then do that. Okay. Then do that thing. Are you a meditator? Do you do breath work? You know, whatever it is, if you just need a hug or to hold someone's hand, all of these things can change your chemical recipe in a moment. So the nervous system, you know, just to kind of take us back because I know I get like super detailed and long-winded, but the nervous system is really controlling our emotional input and output. Okay. And so when we can understand that happiness, I know we like to say happiness is a choice, but if that were true, like, wouldn't we just all be happy all the time? Right. I mean, truly. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So So if happy... I mean, that's good. We can choose to be happy, but understand that happiness is more so an element of what's happening in your body. Okay. And then when you understand that you can choose activities that will create a healthy set of chemicals in, you know, hormonal happiness, let's just call it hormonal happiness. Okay. And then when you are in that state of hormonal happiness and you feel better, that's the time to tackle your projects. That's the time to be working on your, your personal passion, whatever it is you're creating. That makes so much sense. And I think that that is such great advice to kind of step back and realize, okay, if I'm consistently feeling negative towards this thing, or just in general, what's going on with my, like you said, the recipe here, what's off in the recipe? How can I adjust what's going on in my entire system so that I can kind of shake loose of this, take control? I think sometimes we feel almost like we're victims of our neuroscience and that we're helpless to do anything because our hormones or whatever, because, you know, I'm in this stressful situation, which elevates my cortisol. And it just kind of becomes this cycle of like, I don't know how to get out of this. And so I love that idea of just kind of adjusting the recipe and listening to what your body's telling you, adjust the recipe, and then moving forward to kind of unstick yourself in those moments. So that's a beautiful way of talking about it. And especially in the moments where you're going to be more harsh on yourself, like your angry moments, like your frustrated moments, you know, when you feel overwhelmed or overburdened, that's the time, you know, you may not understand or connect with the concept of listening to your body. That's certainly not always easy for me, but I really do understand when I know I feel angry or I'm overreacting and overreacting means that my nervous system is in a state of hypervigilance. Mm. Right. Oh my goodness. That makes so much sense. Totally does. So you've taken years of research. You've you've taken your life experiences. You've taken what you have picked up and gleaned along the way as a mom, as a CEO, and distilled it down into your book, Conscious Communications. Let's talk about that. What is sort of the driving force? What is the mission of that book? What's the message of that book? And kind of what could be some of the takeaways that our awesomes could glean from that and maybe even inspire us to go check it out so we can really figure out from your words in your book how to apply it to our lives. Yeah, that's great. The entire book is a journey of empowerment. And it really goes through the story of my own journey to empowerment. So years ago, I wrote out this list for myself. And this was, I actually end up calling this list my magic eight, because it was, I wrote out the things like, if I accomplished these things in my lifetime, I would basically die a happy woman. 
And when I got done with the list, there were eight things that were truly my heart's desire. And one of them was to write a book. And I also have this huge desire to make an impact in the world, especially for women that we can learn first how to overcome our obstacles. When we feel that we can be better or do better, or we've had trauma, you know, understanding so many things about how we need to change our stories that we tell ourselves, because the story we tell ourselves about ourselves will become our identities. For me, I was constantly going to the weekend workshops because I wanted to have a transformation in a weekend, or I wanted to have that breakthrough experience. And many times I would be at the end of the workshop and the other women would be having these incredible breakthroughs. And I would look at myself going, I don't feel any different. I'm still the same. But, you know, if I talk to that same woman in three weeks from now, then what I noticed is she's not any different either. She was really just riding high of the the energy of the event. You know, it's a, you're not away, you're not around your kids, you're you're not around your work. You're you're sort of in this immersion experience, which helps you be with all the like-minded people in the audience, and you feel this euphoria. But three weeks later, you're just still back in your regular life, and and you know yes. whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. But this helped me understand, and this is one of the things that's so much different about my book is that true transformation, true growth, true development happens in small pivots over time. So that when I look at myself compared to 10 years ago, I can't even recognize this person that I am. And everything has changed. And and especially even in the last two and a half years, since I've been writing the book, my life has gone through another transformation and it's going to continue to go through those transformations. And so the book really takes us on a journey of the easiest place to start, which is, believe it or not, places like focus and gratitude and gives you suggested exercises on how to apply these in your life. But it's also stacked in a way that each chapter builds on each other. So you're going to learn about creating your life, not just from a perspective of some sort of woo-woo fantasy world, but we're going to learn about it from the perspective of where science and spirituality meet at this crossroads. Because from my vantage point, they're talking about the same thing, but they're using two different languages. And so I've really brought these teachings together and can explain it from you know a, a growth and development point of view, but also give you the neuroscience behind it, but give you the science in a way that makes it understandable. Cause I don't understand those big words either. So <laughs> I have to, like I said before, I have to keep everything simple. The challenges in the book are all designed to build onto each other. And what we're going for here is to make permanent changes in our neural networks, in our subconscious programming, because that's where you can really change something about your life. You can will a change all you want, but until there is something or mechanism that changes the wiring in your subconscious, you're just going to keep failing. That's so true. That's a message that just keeps coming up in different discussions, different people we've had come on the show. This idea that we are, again, we're not helpless victims to the way we think about things, that we can actually create new grooves and new pathways in our brain to help change how we are viewing things changing our thinking then leads to changing our actions, which like you said, little pivots along the way that bring big changes down the road. So I know you have not only released this book, but you also have a guidebook that you are giving to readers so that they can kind of have something to walk them through it. 
let's just talk about all the places we can find the book, where we can find you, and then also where do we go to find this guidebook? Well, the book is easily, easily available on Amazon. And of course, it's available through hayhouse.com because Hay House has published the book. It's widely available in the majority of Barnes and Noble stores or wherever you like to buy books. The book is around and it's doing very well. And of course, we appreciate anyone just to read the description of the book. You know, I feel like when you read the description or the back cover, you just know whether it resonates sure. with you or not. Totally. And you know, you can certainly, I am very, very accessible on social media. So I have a Facebook group. It's called Fearless Ambition. And we definitely invite listeners to join our Facebook group. If you like, I have a plethora of free workbooks, free gifts, free things that I've developed that are all available on maryshores.com. And I'd also just like to mention that my personal passion project right now is helping other authors published their first book because I spent 10 years struggling through that process. And what I'm doing is I have an aspiring authors online workshop, which is a two hour course that is co-taught with myself and Cheryl Muir, who is a writing coach and a PR expert. So if anyone has aspirations of writing a book, my course is just truly designed to get you through those first steps because I don't want you to make all the mistakes that I made. <laughs> I get it. Totally. Yes. The book publishing process is a little complicated at times. So it's so good to have somebody who has been through it, who can kind of like be a guide on the way for sure. So that's maryshores.com to find resources. And we will link to Mary's book and to the Facebook group and all of this in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening and you want to check out more, you know, you can always go to show notes at sort of awesome show.com to find more of this. Well, Mary, I can't think of a better way to start off February, our month of really thinking about how to communicate better in more awesome ways with ourselves and with the people that we are in relationship with in our lives. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share just a little bit of your heart and your message with us. I know the awesomes are going to want to check out all that you have to offer. So thanks again for your time today. Thank you so much for having me on the yeah. show. And I really enjoyed my time with you. Awesome. Thank you. Don't forget that you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can just find us hanging out anytime as well on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. So thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.